0: Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Marianne Pack, author, publisher at EnvisionGreatness.com and joy advocate. And I'd love to guide you into all things life transformational. So in this series, I'm interviewing people who have become authors. And we're going to talk about not only their books that will encourage you and give you life, But also talk about how it impacted them, what it meant to them, how it has affected and improved their lives and their businesses, because when we put our words into the world, it makes a difference, not only for the audience, not only for the readers, but also for us as writers and as we become authors. So my mission, of course, in my business, my publishing company is to write the world happy, one word at a time. And in doing so, we're spreading more love and joy in the world. So today, my special guest is Ryan Hall. And I'm just so pleased to have Ryan. You may remember him also. He was on the Unmuted Voices podcast series this past year. So welcome, Ryan. I'm so glad you've joined me.
1: Really awesome to be here, Marianne, and I'm really honored for the invitation and I'm really, uh, really excited to talk about storytelling and how it really can transform the world.
0: Absolutely. So I'm going to jump right in and ask who is Ryan and what good do you bring into the world?
1: Who is Ryan and what good do I bring into the world? Well, I am a storyteller from way back. I have always, I've always been a storyteller. I've always really been fascinated by stories. Um, my grandfather, I just go ahead and just go ahead and start. My grandfather was one of the world's greatest campfire storytellers. Uh, and, you know, just listening to some of the stories that he would just pull out of thin air about lightning bugs, about, you know, mysterious creatures in the woods, just really got me fascinated by stories. And I really believe that sharing our story, sharing our voices, sharing just who we are through the stories that we have, everybody has a story that can change the world, be it fiction, which I I'm very well versed in, be it fiction, be it nonfiction. Everybody has a story that can change the world. And it's my goal through my my books, through my company, is to help people share their story and change their world. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So we're going to be talking today about his book, Mining for My Voice. So um, this is a memoir that he just recently published. Tell us a little bit about Mining for My Voice.
1: Mining for My Voice. i really excited to talk about this. Um, we kind of teased this a little bit when I was on your podcast before. Um, but what Mining for My Voice is, and uh, here's a oh, copy. All right. Um, but what Mining for My Voice is, it's a series of it's a series of stories from my life. It's When I was writing this book, I was kind of struggling with finding like a narrative spine for it. Um, and what this book ended up being is stories about people, events, and yes, creatures from my life, who have shown me that my voice—I'm talking capital V voice here—that my voice matters in this world. That the people listen to what I have to say. That my my words, my story, my message leaves an impact on the world. Because you know, for so long, when I was a kid. You know, family trauma, just heartbreak, all that kind of stuff. It really kind of left me kind of left me frozen in a way, kind of left my voice frozen. And. I spent a lot of time. Alone growing up, I didn't have many friends. My honestly, my best friend was my TV and my Nintendo. And, but I always knew that there was something for me to say. But I just kept it so hidden. I just kept it hidden. I kept it really far behind me. And it's really been over the past few years, since about 2015, but it's really been over the past few years that I have really experienced a pretty significant personal transformation in learning how to not only own my voice, but to use it in a way that really affects a lot of people. Yeah. And that's really that's really what this voice is about because, you know, the subtitle is How a Meek and Scared Boy Uncovered a World-Rattling Voice. And that's really what happened, you know, finding these, you know, finding this. um, Not really finding my voice, but really uncovering what has been there the entire time, because we don't I don't think we lose our voice. I think we. Let it get buried underneath a lot of rubble, underneath a lot of pain and and uh, and and um, and trauma. But we just forget that we have it. Yeah, we just forget that we have it. We forget that the people that that people out there listen to what we have to say. That our words, our stories, our message really is important in the world as leaders, as you know, as storytellers, as authors, as men. Our message really means. People, people listen to what we have to say, and at its essence, that's what this book is about. And you know, I don't. I'm under no delusion that this book. You know, when when I was first writing this book, right when I was first writing this book, I was kind of under the delusion that nobody wants to read a memoir by somebody who lives, you know, who's not a celebrity. Right. Yeah. And because, you know, celebrities, presidents, Grammy winners, Oscar winners, those are the type of people who write memoirs that make a big impact. I'm a guy who lives in Connecticut, who is a, you know, is a self-published author and a podcaster and all that good stuff. What business does my story have in sharing, you know, in leaving any kind of impact with the world? And I feel like at its essence, that's what this book is about. is just kind of me as an ordinary, regular guy with a big message, sharing my story and hoping that it can affect at least one person's life.
0: Yeah, because so, so much of the time what we write about, you know, I always say our mess is our message. And so what we live through, the trauma, the indoctrination, the whatever it is, even if it's a subtle influence that covers over our beautiful voice. I mean, that's why it was so important for me to have unmuted voices as not only a podcast, but the anthology. And, um, you know, I loved having you talk about this, even on that show, on that series. So, you know, we do tend to even if it's, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think even if it's fiction or memoir or, or even self-help books or whatever, our message uh, tends to be what we've worked through. And this is the same way. Mining for Your Voice was, Mining for My Voice, your book is, you know, talks about those things that covered over that beautiful, world-rattling voice. Um, that you had to just peel those layers back and find it. I, I agree. It's not that we've lost it. It just gets covered over with all the the indoctrination and the and the traumas that we can go through. So um, you know, talk a little bit about that, you know, the the mess, the what you did go through, because as we heal through that, then that becomes that beautiful message. Because I know the end of the story is not you know, Ryan still with his muted voice, he's getting to express it. So how did you get from the scared little boy into now expressing it beautifully in the
1: world? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that comes up for me in in this situation is when when we're growing up, I feel like we're the most impressionable when we're growing up from like before the age of seven to our teenage years. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of give you a little bit of lowdown on what happened between the age of seven and 17 for me. Um, I saw my, I really saw my family almost just completely disintegrate. Mm. Um, when I was seven, um, my aunt and her husband, my, my mom's sister and her husband, um, were killed in a car crash. Oh. December 1st, 1984, a date that is like tattooed onto the back of my soul. But they were killed in a car crash. My mom did not take that well because it was barely a year removed from losing my grandmother. So my mom really fell into some into some self medication depression, um, and she really muted her own voice. And you know, that was just for starters. like there was there was a pretty significant family estrangement from my paternal grandparents. Um, there were some you know there was some um, some um, substance abuse and addictions going on in my family. Um, I had a friend who survived a suicide attempt. And this all happened between the ages of seven and seventeen. Um, to say nothing of, you know, losing my grandfather, my, you know, the one who was the, the world's greatest campfire storyteller, but losing him when I was fourteen. So, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of tragedy, a lot of um, trauma, just a lot of stuff got piled onto me at a very young age. And I feel like, and this is really the first time I think I've really articulated this in the way that I'm about to, but I feel like a lot of that trauma, a lot of the, a lot of that tragedy was the, you know, was the layers of of dirt and um, and soil and, and rubble that just covered my voice oh yes that just covered my message covered who i was in the world because i'll be totally honest with you i didn't know who i was during the you know from you know from the age of 7 really up until my 30s i didn't really know who i was i didn't know just what i really wanted to be in the world mm-hmm. and just Started and that's why I call this mining from my voice is just started picking away at the layers of rock and dirt and dust and tragedy to find who I was, who I am rather at my essence, just really who I am at my soul. And um, yeah, that was um, you know just a just a lot of layers of stuff that I had to pick through. In order to find, in order to really grow into the man that I am today, who actively seeks out opportunities, like your podcast, like this book, like Mm -hmm. other things that we're going to talk about in this conversation, to share my message and my voice on a big, wide scale.
0: Absolutely. So how did you start kind of moving from that point into the healing that you're feeling now, that you're living now? Because um, I know, you know, timing is always seems to be everything. And so, you know, in, in relation to that, why is it perfect now? Why was this the time? Had you healed enough that you felt secure? Or I know in in, in notes back and forth to each other, you talked about you grew the impact was that you grew in confidence and um, so I want to hear some of those beautiful stories of of the other side
1: where the healing
0: happened because it's always about hope everything that I want to put out is always about bringing more love and joy and peace and hope into the world so tell us tell us those little beautiful moments of hope that came through for you
1: I love that. And you know, if I can uh if I can get through this without um you know without getting emotional, probably it'll probably be a miracle. But um re- really a couple things come to mind. Just with you you know what you just said, um, it's always darkest right before dawn. And I feel like I feel that I'll start with this uh, my dad passed away in um in uh, 2014 hmm. december twenty third 2014 two days before christmas hmm. um he had been just really sick for a while um, a lot of you know a lot of substance abuse going on with him but um my dad was a musician, and really, his um, his dream instrument was something called a Fender Rhodes piano. Now, if your you know if your audience isn't familiar, go back and listen to the song "Get Back" by the Beatles. There's a keyboard break in the bridge of that song that was played by Billy Preston, you know, the late uh, soul music artist. That was played on a Rhodes piano. Just, just to kind of give you an idea of the context of what we're talking about here. You know, from you know from Steely Dan to Earth, Wind & Fire to Stevie Wonder, just all, it, it was like a real staple in like 60s and 70s uh, rock and R&B music. And that's why dad loved it so much. Uh, It was a couple years after my mom passed away. He bought one. And my dad had just been in a deep, dark place. After my mom passed away. And like I would come over to his house and I would notice that more dust would start to form on the keys of this uh, of this piano and he was even talking about hey this you know some some people he was talking to was like hey i'd love to you know get you to sit in with us and i just lit up when he said that because i knew how much he missed performing um but he never did so and, and i and i shared this in this book Um, there was a, it was maybe a month or so after my dad passed away, I was still just barely holding it together at that point. But I go over to his house to, you know, to deal with some stuff. And I noticed all that dust on this piano. Hmm. And I just said, screw it. I got a like a Swiffer uh, dusting cloth, and I dusted it off. I plugged it into the amplifier. I, I can't play the piano, but I know I know what it sounds like. I plugged it into the amplifier. I turned it on. I plinked out a few notes, and I'm like, "This is exactly what this is supposed to sound like." Hmm. But that's really more of a metaphor of what happened in my mind at that point was like, I can't sit by just and abide another dusty piano in my life. Yeah, yeah. And that was the moment when I think I really found bedrock in my own personal transformation. I um, had been working with a life coach at that point I was, you know, really just starting to take therapy seriously. I was working with a life coach at that point. I started working on my first book. I started um you know thinking about moving from Alabama up to the uh, up to the New York area. Um I started taking like acting classes. Mm-hmm. I, you know, started writing more, I started telling sharing more stories. But I think it was at that moment, this wasn't a conscious decision that I made at that point. But I think it was at that moment that I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's like the old, uh, it's like one of my favorite movies, Network. Um, From 1976, I think it's when it came out. Um, But it's about the, the TV newscaster who essentially goes crazy. But there's that, but there's that iconic line from that movie. When he just when he's giving his speech on the um um uh, on the ah uh, TV news show, when he's giving the speech, there's a iconic line: "I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore." Yes. I think that was my moment. I think that was my "I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore" moment. And it has grown and multiplied and manifested itself in so many incredible ways. And, you know, again, sometimes you just have to kind of look at where your life is at that moment and realize this ain't working for me anymore. This is just not working for me anymore. And, you know, don't do it alone, though. Don't do it alone. Find people who are going to support you or who are going to love you, who are going to lift you up Mm -hmm. and really, you know, start growing from there. And I can tell you right now, this is not my first memoir. this, This is my first memoir, I should say. This is not my only memoir. I definitely feel like because as long as there's, you know, as long as this muscle inside my chest keeps beating. I can still draw breath. My brain still works. As long as I'm still here on the other side of the dirt, my story is never complete. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's, I think what the biggest lesson I want to share with your listeners about that is that your story is never complete as long as you're still breathing and living and growing your story is never complete and there's going to be something that you can share with the world that people can really latch on to yeah
0: absolutely yeah and and i feel like i always feel like when when people author books or even if it's just a chapter in an anthology and we're going to talk about one that you've got coming up but um it, it offers us gifts, us gifts, not only the reader, but we receive gifts. We receive, um, you know, improvements in our life, the, the healing process, because putting it down on paper, telling that story is a very vulnerable situation and it puts you out there and then you're then readers know your story. You know, there's no hiding it. There's no going back after that. Um, but Writing always gives us a gift, no matter if you ever publish it or not. If it's in a journal, it's a gift to you and it makes an impact. So what is some of those gifts? What are some of the things that how it's impacted your life? Maybe even your business. You know, how has it changed you as a man, as a author, as a publisher?
1: That is a great question. I just... You said it earlier. It has given me more confidence than I think any th- this book, and this is my third published book, third solo published book. Mm-hmm. But it has given me more confidence in not just myself as an author, but myself as a person. Because it's like you said, there you know, once you read this book, um, however you plan on reading it. But once you read the book, you're gonna see some aspects of my life, of, of my story that scared me to death to share. So many late nights, so many sleepless nights, so many um, just what in the hell are you thinking kind of moments of why am I sharing this? Why am I going into detail on, you know, just my dad's drug addiction? Why am I, and and how it affected me. Why am I going into detail on all this stuff? Because this is like, it's like it's exposing a really fresh wound Mm -hmm. that I have worked really hard at to To heal. And, you know, to be clear, when we're talking about healing, this is not a binary kind of thing. It's either you're unhealed or you're healed. It's always a process. Oh, well,
0: yes, yes, It's yes.
1: always a process when we're talking about this kind of healing. I mean, yeah, you can, you know, I've like I've got a couple of surgical scars. Those have healed. Mm-hmm. Like the memories of what happened to the surgeries. Maybe not so much. But, yeah, just, you know, just really the healing and um, and just the confidence of I've shared this part of my story. I've shared this part of who I am. And I'm still here to tell my story. This <laughs> didn't kill me. You didn't die.
0: No. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes absolutely so how are you using this book to you know share your message share just more love and joy in the world because i know it ends in healing i know it ends in hope it's not like i said before you didn't leave you a grown man still left with being the little scared boy who wouldn't speak up and it's always it's just like you were just talking about it's always just layers Because there's things that I think, oh, I've healed through that and I'm okay. And then boom, I'm triggered by something that is like, there's another layer to unpack. Um, You know, as we like, it it is a journey. It's constantly um, unfolding. So, you know, how are you using this book to do that? To do just that, share more love and joy in the world. And, And then just real quickly, Tell us where it's available, um, and and I'll include all of those links in the show notes for everybody, but tell everybody kind of how you're using it and where they can get a hold of it.
1: Uh, well, I'll I'll answer the second part first. You can find Mining for My Voice um, um, on a little up-and-coming website called Amazon in paperback, hardcover, and Kindle. Um. You can order, and uh, if you want to uh, personally autograph from me, there is a way that you can order that from me directly. Um, the turnaround time on that may be a little bit longer because uh, the way that the way that I publish it is a print-on-demand um, kind of service. Um, but I will give you full expectation on that. And I just as of just a few days ago, mm-hmm. it is now live on Audible and Apple. Audiobooks. Now now that. Was an experience. Just to read through. Some. Super. Super vulnerable things. Again. I'm finding. I I found that I was hit by the some of the same emotions. Some of the same feelings. Some of the same. You know. Worry of why am I sharing this. Mm -hmm. But. Again, clearly, I didn't die because I'm having this conversation with you here today.
0: <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, But yes, it's uh, you know that was another ex- that was another experience. But you know, as Marianne said, you can certainly find all of the um, all of the ways that you can uh, uh, that you can uh, get my book mm-hmm. um, on um, on Amazon or Audible or you know all that good stuff.
0: Yes, I'll have all those links in the in the show notes. Also, you can always email Ryan at royalheartscoaching@gmail.com at And that will also be in the show notes for your convenience. So um, let's see what else I want to ask you. Um. Oh, I know. I want to talk to you just a minute about um, the up and coming uh, anthology that you're offering for men, because again, this is an opportunity for somebody to walk with you, get a chapter written and heal in the process, grow in the process, grow in confidence, get those gifts that writing and becoming a published author has to offer for you. So tell us a little bit about uh, your, your up and coming uh, book project.
1: Absolutely. And thank you so much for that invitation, Marianne. Um, just, a, just a little background on that. Um, I have been a part of a few uh, collaborative books uh, over the past few years, um, which in a way is how you and I first met.
0: Yes.
1: Um, but the, um, the book that I am, uh, that I'm in the uh, enrollment stage of right now Is called the Expanding Man Chronicles. Now, what I'm looking for in that story are men who have simply expanded the definition of what it means to be a man in this world. Um, Either through healing generational trauma, through, um, you know, through finding passion again for a, for a, you know, for a previous life or a previous project, but anything that has helped you become a, a better, stronger, but more heart centered man in this world. Um, because I feel like, yes, Healthy masculinity, really just healthy masculinity and that healthy balance of, you know, that masculine and feminine energy, I think really is what helps the world go around. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times we as men lose connection with that. Loose connection with that side of us because we're all in that you know just super like left brain you know we've got to make money we've got to you know provide for our family we've got to be responsible all that stuff but we might put a dream in mothballs we might have had a passion once upon a time to play the guitar let's say and there's Again, it's it's like the, you know, the dusty piano situation. It's we lose that connection with who we are. We lose that connection with our truth, but we also lose our connection with what we are as a man. Mm-hmm. So in the Expanding Man Chronicles, I'm looking for stories of men who have really found themselves again to be able who share themselves as men in this world because I, you know, one of one of my, I think least favorite but most misunderstood phrases when it comes to men in this world is the phrase alpha male. I feel like it's very misunderstood. And a lot of times you know a lot of times we're in we're in a world where we have to be that kind of alpha male leader in the world but there's such a negative connotation of that phrase that if you identify yourself as such there's a way to bring more heart and connection and joy and love from that place just to You know, just to help balance things out. And those, you know, those are the kind of stories that I'm looking for in the Expanding Man Chronicles. And that will be if, you know, if somebody out there who's listening, if you've got a story or you know of a man who's got a story like that in this, um, that would be perfect for this uh, for this book there will be a link to an application in the show notes um, or just shoot me an email. And I would love to have a conversation with you because I'm i I've got a lot of passion behind this. I've got a lot of, um, you know, like I'm feeling a lot of purpose behind this. And, and some of the men that I've talked to who are, who have already signed up for this have stories that would just blow, just absolutely blow your mind. and, I can't wait to you know to share that. Um, looking to get that out in the fall, and I'm about to you know about to wrap up um, enrollment on that. Um, I know we're you know I know we're in the middle of April right now, but I'm extending enrollment through the month of April on that. So if you have something that you want to um, that you want to share, um, get that to us. Um, and even if you know, even if it's past April, um, and you're watching us or listening to us on uh, on a podcast forum, um, I'd still love to have a conversation with you. I, I can't once the book comes out, but I'd still love to have a conversation with you and see if there's a spot in there because I really like. I'm like I, I definitely want this to be a safe, uh, like a safe space for men to really share like deeply vulnerable stories about themselves, about who they are as leaders in their world, as, you know, as leaders in their, in, in their workplace, in their home, in their school, just really heart centered leaders in the world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So much. So I so appreciate you spending your time with us in the, uh, Letting us hear about how mining for my voice impacted you, you know, going again over the the healing process, peeling a few more layers off as you wrote the book, as you published the book and then created the audible, more layers had to come off as you found your voice. And so this is all part of becoming an author, folks. Again, whether it's a chapter, in a book, in an anthology, or whether you have something, a book being called through you that's on your heart that you want to uh, connect. Um, and I know Ryan's always available for that. And so are we at envisiongreatness.com. And you can get a hold of me through this. Um, my links will also be in the show notes. But if you have something, some kind of a message that you've work through. Your mess is your message and you want to write about that, how it's impacted you and how you've healed. This is what we do at Envision Greatness. So um, if you want to explore publishing, there is a link to a call that you can have with me. Um, Let's look. Let's look and see where your voice needs to be mined and shared with the world. So all these links again, folks, will be in the show notes. And um, Ryan, do you have any parting words of wisdom that you want to share with our audience before we sign off?
1: Yeah, I really do. And again, Marianne, thank you so much for the invitation. This has been a really, um, really enlightening conversation with me. And, you know, like I said earlier, this is really the first time I've really um, articulated a lot of this stuff in this particular way. So, You know, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. But to answer your question and to leave your listeners with a little bit of um, uh, with a little uh, with some words of wisdom that with apologies to Paul McCartney. I'm not going to whisper, but (laughs) but some just a few words of wisdom is that you never lose your voice. You never lose it. It's always there. Your story is always there. Your message is always there because it's a part of you. It's mm-hmm. a part of who God made you to be. It's a part of, you know, who you are as a human being. And, you know, you, while, while your message, while your story, you might not be like on a TED Talk stage or being interviewed by Stephen Colbert or, you mm-hmm. um, you know, to, you know, speaking like at a Tony Robbins convention and, you know, in front of a full basketball arena. But if your story can help one person to remember who they are, remember their message and get reconnected with their message, then your story changes the world. Mm -hmm. it might not be on a grand stage, but your story changes the world even if it just affects one person because that one person can affect five people. Those five people can affect five. It spreads. It grows. It really multiplies. Your voice is never lost. You just have to dig through the dirt and the dust and the rubble Find it. you have to mine for it. Says. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And that, that's why I think I was so impressed with all the, the guests that I had on the podcast for unmuted voices. And then the 12 additional people that were, that chose to be in the book because every story is so different, but that same uh, underlying message of having that, squashed that, that their voices and being muted and then coming to the place, those aha moments, like you said, um, you know, this is enough. (laughs) We're done. It's over. I have to do something about it. And they all came to this in the book, in the podcast series, we all had to come to the place where enough is enough. We can't live this way and sustain life. So to have a sustainable life where we can finally begin to thrive in joy, we had to make some shifts and we had to work with coaches or mentors or writing coaches or whatever the case happened to be. We had to work with people. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of of coaching, because we can't do it on our own. We're not Lone Rangers. I've tried long enough to know (laughs) it doesn't work. So I so appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you so much. Be sure, everybody, if you know a gentleman that has, you know they have a dynamic story and something that they've healed through and you've seen life changes in them, make sure that they get a hold of Ryan. All the links that you're going to need to get a hold of Ryan is going to be in the show notes for your convenience. Send this podcast to them. Send them the the links so that they can get a hold of Ryan and be in the Expanding Man Chronicles. The open enrollment is still there. So send them to this podcast right away and get them on Ryan's list and have a conversation with Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. I so appreciate you.
1: My pleasure, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. And remember, you are joy looking for a way to express. Let's do that by getting you into the position of writing your own book or a chapter in a uh, an anthology somehow to help you go through that process of becoming a published author. And you will find such joy and such healing and so many gifts. We appreciate you. Thank you and love you. See you next time.